This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Brass with Longleaf Fertilia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy. perfectly average perfectly average what's up oh man late to the late to the party late to the late to everything Party to the party you want to listen to music no no but it's just us no you can put it on if you want it's just us and we're live this is episode 164 four yeah it's what the thing said that's right THP 164. We're live this this round. It's our one-on-one. Um, how's everybody doing? Pretty well. It's just me. Not you. I'm talking <laughs> to the, the people. The audience. No, oh, geez. Yeah, it's like nah, bring, a, bring like, that down. Bring that down one notch. Really? One notch. All right, I can live with that. At that point, you, we might as well just not even. You have can it have on. it back. You can have it one more up. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll split rock. the difference. How about that? Rock with, the, rock with that. What's going on? How is everybody doing? Uh, this show is. Yeah, it is early. Seven o'clock. Yeah, it's nice and early. Just how I like it. Look at that. Because Smitty gets off at five o'clock now. Yep. It's all great. You're changing colors. There we go. Buddy. Jake, switch legs and get that fat foot on screen with me. Yeah. You can't see mine as well. And I have shoes on because, you know, I'm not a psychopath. It's uh, stupid hot in here right now. Yeah. I'm not even going to wear my hat or change my mind. It's hotter and hotter than all hell out there. I've got this brand new shirt that I made and I'm going to ruin it with sweat. See, and that sucks too because we got this light and it, it, it's neat and all, but you can't see it when we turn it on. So, no. well, it is really early. New work schedule is pretty awesome for this kind of stuff. Yeah, it works. Jake's pumped because he's not getting, you know, home at midnight. Yeah, because it's solid. I'm not even prepared for any of this. So do the uh, do our, our usual intro stuff while I... Like. Our usual intro stuff. Well, once again, welcome to THP episode 164. I am Jacob Bratz with Longleaf Reptilia. I'm Justin Smith of JLB Morelia. Oh. I'm just that. kidding. It's Palmetto Coast Exotics. I thought you had a different new shirt. Who? Genome McLabs. It has been a minute. Look at that. We do this early and yeah, we see? ain't seen in a minute pop up. So Exactly. What's up? How many uh, times will Jake say Nerodia? Let's I don't know. I don't know. That's it's about probably several, but you know. Facebook Whatever. user. I don't know who you Yeah, are. that's from us. So when we, you know who sent that, we do not. It just says Facebook user because StreamYard is weird about when you when you post in a group that you're doing a live stream, like people uh, have to grant permission to what it's, it only happens in groups. It doesn't happen on pages. doesn't happen on like personal feeds. Just for whatever reason in groups, it's like say yes to letting StreamYard to, to being uh, able to comment. You have to, it's, I don't know. That's it makes no sense. So yeah. we just see it as Facebook user. Um, 
everyone else will see who it is. We we don't have that luxury. Uh, We're flying blind. I see, so. I see. Nah. Oh, I didn't even see that one. I didn't even notice it. Or plug for it somewhere. We're about to set up another fan. Yeah, guys, we're setting up another we're, fan. Uh, we like we were running behind. Even yeah. even starting early, we weren't on time. Yeah. yeah be what it be. Where are you gonna plug it in at? Oh, is there enough cord? Let me get this lit before it kicks off. This is the only bad thing about having a live show because it's like you can't edit this part out. It's long. This is the reality of of having a podcast. You guys see sort of yeah. all the all the pre-show stuff that normally we just don't include, yeah, because we haven't started recording. Yeah, this is normally how it goes. Something like this usually happens at least once. Yes, you are silently watching on the book. I don't. So we we don't we we don't know who you are. You silent user. Nice. Oh man, that actually feels really good. Here we go. I can feel it. Sweet. No, I can feel the the breeze. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I Katie. don't know if, if y'all can hear that in the background, but I can't hear it in the headphones. I don't think so. I think yeah, I don't think these mics are gonna pick it up. Um, Wonderful. All right. So getting into business. The show is yes. brought to you by blackboxcages.com. To try, I tried. I tried. You know, I don't know if you're going for the dot com or just black box cages. Yeah. We try to sometimes. Yeah, but we try to harmonize. Dude, we used like to harmonize like on point, like we all the time to. back in the day. Well, we can do oh, it, man. So blackboxcages.com, check them out. You need a cage, you need a rack. That's who you need to be talking to. Yep. Check out the video review we did of my stuff yes. not too long ago. If you want a good example of some some things, at some point, what'd you do? Like put a rock in it? some point i want to do or an updated sort of collection tour like we did with jake just yeah. with my stuff um definitely need to because i don't think we've ever we've never done one of yours i don't yeah so. we haven't actually no i think so about we it. need to we need to make that happen i, can, I figured I we might have to split it kinda. up between like rat snakes and then like corn snakes and bears old world rat stuff oh uh, so you Condros. don't you, so you don't want just one fat video like we did a i don't know like knowing <laughs> how much of a pain it was to get yours yeah. edited and stuff you know it's like i don't yeah i don't know i can see that makes uh, sense. so hopefully that'll be coming out here yes. soon uh but, check out yep what are we doing i don't know We're dude sorts, it's, this, it's this live stuff man all right steve snakes and his venom hot sauce so we talked about black box because they're awesome but hey if you're like i don't really need a new cage or a rack but i do love me some hot sauce steve snakesuary.com uh check it out get his hot sauce you're helping him out and he does a lot of public uh education he rehabs animal like herps that that are brought to him. He takes in unwanted, um, select unwanted, you know, herps that people I guess just don't want anymore. Yep. He does a ton of uh, like expos and other other cool stuff. So he does a lot of like yeah. different expos too. Like he goes to, like comic cons and stuff like that. He does he does all types of stuff to reach out to the just the general public. And I, I think it's really awesome. He goes to some of the things that not, not necessarily every reptile reptile keeper would, uh, would, uh, um, you yeah. Know, but if you to. go to like one of his booths, he has the, the hot sauces and yeah. stuff set up and you can try them there. 
But you can also just grab your own and buy the whole set on his website. Which is what you should do. Cottonmouth Sauce, we talk about it all the time. That's our jam. Uh, and he's just a good guy. He's helping us out. We need to have him on the show again here soon. Yep. Uh, he's been posting these things lately, actually, that are really cool. Like, it's uh, like a spot the snake kind of thing. Like, when yeah. he goes to calls to remove stuff and, and relocate. Mm-hmm. Some of them are actually pretty tough. Yeah. And some of them, it's like, yeah, it's right there. But yeah. there's it's either that or it's like something that has an interesting story of, you know, this is the call I went to today. And you are you might be wondering why this, this rat snake is in this odd space in the house and you know it's just yeah just cool stuff yeah he also shows like and it's also cool to kind of like take a as it lays picture to really see how you know it can they can blend in in some scenarios which is which is always cool um but yeah it gives you gives you real real world real world pictures of what he walks into a lot of times so it's pretty cool give him a follow buy his hot sauce support him it's a great cause great guy and in other in other news, as far as Facebook groups go, the uh, South Carolina snake identification group has been freaking on fire. Tons of people posting. A lot of Nerodia. Ching, ching. There's someone posted a really cool looking timber. Because I think it was upstate. And that it had like an aberrant pattern and everything. I'll have to hunt it down and send it to you. But it was yeah. it was pretty freaking dope. Oh yeah. Um and it's once again, the amount of people that are holding these snakes and then posting a picture and saying, <laughs> "What is this?" Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't understand. Not necessarily the smartest thing to to do, but they're like, "Well, I think it's a corn snake, yeah, and it'll I be think... like a yellow rat or something, like an adult yellow rat or a black rat." I don't know. Which it's is just, great. It's, it's better just... than picking up a copperhead, but. I'm waiting for the day that we yeah. that, that pops up, and I'm sure it has at some point in the past. But I'm like, this you is... well, you remember the little video of that little kid yeah. holding the coral snake? Yeah. That was messed up, dude. These are adults, though. Yeah, that's... these are grown people. Yeah, that's they're just like, what is it? And it's like, why are you holding it? Why are you touching it? Yep. I don't. I don't get it. That's. I mean, that's. It's bravery. Oh my gosh. Put my phone on silent. These spam calls will <laughs> leave me alone. Spam calls, calls have gotten real. What's happening? Uh, What's new? Just nothing really new. Um, at least I don't think I'm getting my uh, getting my female uh, Mexican pine on Tuesday. So that's that's a that's a thing from KP. Coming. Yes, sir. Nice. So that's really exciting. Very, very glad to finish off that pair. Um, so those I, are a year apart. Yeah, they're a year yeah. apart. But good grief, man! I could have, I could have an army of Jani, dude. They are, they're just fantastic, fantastic animals. Um, we were talking about it in the group chat the other day, and I just, I mean, like, I like them. I like the oranges and stuff. But for whatever reason. Northerns and Kanks are what does it for me with Pituophis. Yeah, and I get like, that. It's just like I Mexicans. I don't know why though. Like the Lajitas, those Lajitas gophers were really nice too. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I see Northerns and I see Kankakees and I get a little excited. But the Jani are nice for sure. It's just, I don't know. It's just 
like I understand the appeal and why why people like them so much and stuff. They're gorgeous snakes, but yeah. I don't know. For me, it's like if someone said you get you got to pick a Pituophis right now, it's probably going to be Northern. Honestly, if somebody was like you have to pick one Pituophis and stick with it, it would be it would be Jani for me, like one hundred percent. You know, not and it's a, and it's a mixture of things. It's the beauty behind it. It's the size. It's the temperament. They're just like they're Pituophis without so much pityness. You know what and I mean? And like, they're kind of like the alternative of the picture of yeah, like the yeah, that's a snake. yeah, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good example. You know, they're they still they're still pits. You know, they still poop a lot, but yeah. you know, they're really calm. You know, and just very just very pleasant snakes. I don't know. You I, got I, anything I like else coming from them or just that? Just that for now. I just got the Santa Rosa white oaks. I know I've already brought that up though. I have I've had those for a couple weeks now. Um, I don't know. I want, I'm hopefully getting other stuff from him later, but that's the only thing coming. Only thing coming for now. Um, other than that, I mean, just maintaining and, you know, I'm almost at a point to where, like, I'm happy and I'm going to kind of cut off additions. You know, I got a few things that I need to add, a few localities and maybe a like different what? species or two. Uh, I'm supposed to get, I'm hoping to get some Cleveland, uh, South Mountain, corns from oh yeah, yeah. House. hopefully getting those and then um i like those a lot and i've actually been very curious to see because those being such a high silver base color those mm -hmm. with like a silver miami yeah like a, like just to see if those build upon each other in any yeah. capacity when you do that like yeah being how gray they are yeah it's i just thought that would be neat yeah no there's and that's cool thing with localities you know if you're into morphs and stuff like and you're also in the locality game it, there could be a lot of a lot of cool potential to come from you know different morphs and stuff like that you know especially with things like that just the different colors that they really could you know add to a morph but um but yeah and there's something else there's another one i'm supposed to get from chris but it is escaping me for some reason there's two pairs that i'm supposed to hopefully get from him other than water snakes. I don't know. Can't think right now. He's just got so much stuff. No. Well, I mean, I don't have a lot, but I have different stuff and different things on the radar. No, I mean, Chris. But, oh, yeah, dude. He's got, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got a lot of stuff. Good grief. Um, You see these now? These are mounted into the table. Like, yeah, in, no, in. I saw that. Yeah. They ain't clipped anymore. Sturdy. I found my mounting brackets that I thought I lost. And uh, they're now attached to this table. So this table has zero resale value now. It didn't have much before. But whatever. I mean, you could take it out, couldn't you? Yeah, but it's got two oh, it's got a holes in it. fairly yeah. large holes in it. I had yeah. to use the drill as like a, like a smaller drill bit as a bigger drill bit to make them fit. So smaller drill bit looks, as a bigger drill bit. It looks a little rough, but... Yeah. It works. It We're works. now the same height, though. He's not in his computer chair anymore. Yeah. We did some, you know. But so see, we, but now we're also not the same but these height. Are genuine Italian leather. Yeah. Now people can see how much smaller I actually am. Katie's than, parents know. had these back in the day. Yeah. These are chairs from like it's the real, 80s. Aren't no, they? dude, it's older than that. Oh, these geez. things are probably haunted. They're that old. <laughs> so. Well, what's new with you? What's going on? Do you just had some baby's hat? Dion's. Yeah, finally. Um, well, I say finally. They 
They were laid on the thirteenth of May, and they hatched day before yesterday is when they started. So, um, went eight for eight. Had the first seven. So I had seven of the eight pip on their own, and then on the second day that they had started to pip, there was the eighth one had not yet, and so I went ahead and cut it because i was like it's kind of odd that that one hadn't pipped yet all the other ones have like what's up yeah you know maybe this one just didn't make it i candled it before i did that veins and everything like it was completely fine cut it and did my little i take the cuticle scissors and i touch the the snake inside to make sure it's alive because if they if they're alive they flinch like they react to it if they're dead they're like rubbery so uh, cut that open and of course it flinched and I was like okay cool you're good squeezed out some of the albumin and and left it there and of course like within minutes his head was poking out and just sitting there so hell yeah man um, that awesome. one actually I came home today and that one was out of the egg so they are all out they are all fat little things oddly enough that last one was the feistiest one of the bunch oh yeah which is strange because well, all the other ones were like no rattling, no nothing. This one I'm holding it, and it's like because they have the the Echistrodon tail rattle, not the not yeah. the colubrid. So like half their tails just like yeah. So hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Was it smaller than the rest of them or anything? No, no, no. And I I actually because I'm gonna I wanna I'm gonna do a write up on the whole process of breeding those in particular for the website. I went ahead and got weights on all of them. Eight grams across the board. No shit. Yeah, which I thought was strange. Wow. Yeah, all of them. All of them. Wow. Um, I unless my thing was calibrated. My my. I mean, scale even was if it wasn't wrong, off, even if it was off, you would have gotten like different. They went into a container, which was zeroed out, and put them in there, and they were all eight. So, and it's it's a postal scale, so it's not like it's yeah it's very vague as far as like numbers and stuff go. But yeah. uh, what's up, Christian? Oh, man the uh they all came out fine so i tried to pop some of them i did that on on instagram live yesterday as i was setting them up um right now it looks like it's two males and six females jeez i don't know how accurate that was so i was talking to, to paint shab about it a little bit he's like dude wait for them to shed and then try it it seems to be a little easier after they've mm-hmm. shed um it's also hard when they come out of the egg because like they're slimy. Yeah. They're wiggly. Like Dion's don't sit still. That's so frustrating. Like corns, same thing. Like they don't sit still, but Dion's, it's like they just, they're wiggly, man. Yeah. And it's hot in that room. I've been sweating all day and I was sweating while I was trying to do it. So that I, makes I everything wrote, harder, dude. It does. Oh my God. So I wrote down what I think they were. And then once they all shed, I'll go back and either pop them again or. I'll just collect all the sheds and send them to RGI and then we don't have to question any yeah, of them. There's, so, there's also that. Um, what's interesting is, is there's there's two papers in particular I referenced throughout the whole time of breeding them as far as like brumation, like incubation temperatures, gestation, like all that stuff. And both had mentioned the possibility or the uh, there's some I'm thinking out there that that the Dion's are temperature dependent sex determination. Oh, really? Like they're one of those species where, for whatever reason, if you have them a little warmer, they tend to skew higher in males. Mm-hmm. I don't. 
if I ended up popping correctly and all of these are what, what I got, then that would be interesting. Yeah. You know, it could just be a complete coincidence. You know, sometimes people get really, really skewed ratios one way or the other. Like Billy, didn't Billy have a clutch of something and it was like one male and like 13 females or something ridiculous like that? Yeah. Honestly, from what, what I've it seen, it's been like the opposite. You get like one female to like 10 males, you know? Yeah. I've I want, always been male heavy. I want equal ratios or be slightly male heavy. So really? That's yeah, you'd that's, rather be male heavy? Depending on the species, yeah, yeah. But for the most part, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean like hatching hatching babies. Yeah. Yeah. Fair I don't know. Equal equal ratios are yeah. if I have to be heavy on one side, it'll be males. I got you. Like nine times out of ten, like I said, depends on the species. Um but those things were, as far as actually pairing them, as soon as that male was in there, man, he was he was all about it. So Rocking he around. he they were locked up all the time. It was like I'd open that tub, locked up, go in like another day, like the next day and the following day, locked up, locked Jeez. up. Like, dude you, wasted no time. Do you think she'll double clutch? Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't be upset if she did. I don't. I contemplated pairing them again, but I don't know if I'm going to. Yeah. If I do, it'll be, you know, it'll be a little while, but yeah. it sounds like double clutching is actually pretty common with those, so I may not yeah. even have to, and that's yeah. okay. You know? It might be one of those things, just let it ride and see what yeah. happens and, you know, rock with. If they whatever, do, it sounds goes. like late summers when you're typically going to, it's going to happen. Mm. But that makes sense. They were a breeze, and it's, it's, I've mentioned it before, but it's just, it's very surprising that those aren't more popular. Um, Rob Stone had, at one point had kept a lot of them and Matt most has some, and it's just odd that there's not a lot of people doing stuff with them because they're, they're not hard to keep like personality wise. They're all right. My male's a little prick. The female, she's pretty mellow for the yeah. most part, as long as you don't smell like food. And then the, you know, the, the, the yearling I have from that Loafman produced because that's that it was originally a trio. Um, I lost the Siberian female. So it's the Siberian male and the Beijing female that I paired and got this clutch from. And I have a yearling from those two as well last year. And that was the only egg and baby that uh, Loafman got. So I don't know. I'm anxious to see what they all look like after their first shed because they all look very uniform in terms of like pattern and color. There's right. really nothing that like super stands out. There was one in particular that looked a little more monochromatic. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. But nice. either way, uh, you plan on keeping any of them? Uh, yeah, because I mean, once I get a better idea of sexes for sure, because. The dam is a fairly old snake. I don't know exactly how old, but I know she ain't young. Yeah. I have. So the one I have that, that Zach produced last year, that's a female. I basically just want to make sure I have at least another pair, you know, at least another male. Yeah. I don't think that males, I don't, he doesn't strike me as, as, up there in age but the female you know how just over time you can tell like a snake is like oh, yeah. old it just yeah. has this there's just you can see small, it on their face yeah you know. so i don't know uh definitely want to at least keep a pair if they double clutch you know that'll make letting letting the, some of this first clutch go easier I haven't tried feeding yet i'm gonna do that after the first sheds i don't have like 
I know there's people that have done it with chondros where it's like they come out of the egg and in the first like 48 hours are offering food. Mm. Have you ever, I've never been. No, for anything I've produced, I've, I've always let them go eat because like, I'm of the opinion, like if you, if you let them shed, get kind of hungry, let them absorb all that yolk, you know, it's, they're well, more that's... out, they're more out to eat the first go round If you let them get a little hungry. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying starve them by any means. I'm just saying, you know, not offer, not offering right away. Mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed this helps with success. You know, I've getting I, them I mean, all I to go right away. I don't see these being difficult to get started. No, I They're, highly doubt it. it. From everything else that I read and watched as well. Uh, they're not a problematic species in, in getting them established. So I'm really not worried about it. They're all plenty fat enough. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, it's just odd, you know, having her lay. And then within a month or just over a month, you know, they're, they're popping mm-hmm. out. And, um, I, I would think that's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's bizarre. Cause yeah. you're not used to like, she laid like two weeks after the first two corn clutches dropped. And it's like, here we are. You know? Yeah. And the first corn clutch should be hatching soon. I'm on day 45, so probably another two or three weeks left on those. Um, that'll be the Ladies Island pair. Nice. And then the Blood Red female, she's cruising. She's going to drop any day now. So I'm going to get a clutch from her, which oh, I'm pretty actually, excited about. They actually did get They them? did. I, I found them. Yeah. I, I, they locked up like one morning I, I went and checked on them before I went to work, turned on the lights and everything. And they were locked. So I was like, perfect. I wrote that date down. She had a prelay shed like a month later. It was like, I felt, you know, I palpated her. Yeah. She's definitely holding. So I was like, perfect. Nice. And now she's just getting, she's getting swollen. She's been hanging out in her lay box. So cool. Yeah. Christian said, isn't it weird that how there are so many cool species available, but nobody cares about them. I don't know. So Dion Rodia. Dion's are just one of those ones where I think they were popular at one point. Like there were more people doing stuff with them and then people just got sidetracked by other species and they kind of just faded away sort of in the way that a lot of other species do. It's because they're not, they're not flashy, man. That's literally, but there are some that are like screaming red. Yeah. There's like the melanistic ones are freaking cool. There's, there's a ton of options. Like there's stripes, there's blotch, there's like combinations of the two. There's, that's what just, that's that's what i don't understand is like they're not a big species they're small they are very small your female is my female very very manageable considerably bigger than the male but she's probably like what the size of an adult corn if that dude like maybe a little shorter about the same bigger than her about the same girth yeah i'd say about you know they nothing bigger than an adult mouse yeah yeah tony knows (laughs) there's elephant trunks oh yeah the um yeah, they don't need heat. Like, I mean, they you can give them heat. I think because my room is at a higher ambient temperature, I don't give mine external heat, and they just they do fine. The there was the one thing I was concerned about when I was brewmating them was it them getting cold enough because everything I read, and I think that's why I didn't have any luck with the binoculata this round, is because they didn't get cooled. They didn't get cold enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kept reading, like, I remember maybe it was Matt or Zach saying, like, you got to get them cold, cold to get them to go, you know, like the, the Dion's in particular. And I was like, okay. And so that's why, like, when I was hype, uh, brewmating stuff and it was like 70 degrees in freaking December, yeah. I'm like, this isn't, they're not going to go. Yeah. 
they went. It, it, it had zero bearing on that. Like when I put the mail in there, he was locked up within within minutes. Yeah. You know, so they were also semi seasoned breeders with, you know, one season under mm-hmm. their belt. So at least they you had the advantage of them kind of knowing what they were doing. But yeah. the bimaculata are supposed to be a proven pair. I got a oh, slug really? from her. And at one point it looked like she was, you know, either ovulating or, or something. She looked pretty thick in the last, you know, third. And I don't know. Never happened. She must have reabsorbed them if they were follicles or something. Yeah. But I think those are much more nuanced than the Dion's for whatever reason. Maybe it's because they're a smaller range by a huge margin. So they're not nearly as as versatile in terms of what they can handle yeah um i don't so i don't know maybe those do need like i, I think those because i have some papers on the on the bimaculata too and reading those it's they seem a little more nuanced than the deons in terms of how you got to get them yeah set up before breeding season so we'll try something different this round uh coming in winter so yeah we'll see but corns two corn clutches seem to be three uh two Baird's clutches those are all looking really good that het hypo clutch uh like two of the five eggs are good the other ones went bad pretty pretty quick candled them no signs of life so but the two that are good are looking really good so we'll we'll see um so is that two's better than none that's right so we're hold back we're knee deep and uh, yeah, well, <laughs> depending on the ratios, because I don't need another male hypo. I've got two already, but I, yeah. I if I had a het female, like definitely holding on yeah. to that. And, yeah. um, we'll see. Johnny Baird, what's up? I think most people <laughs> don't like the more twitchy active snakes. They just want something that sits still, which is entirely possible. I mean, Dion's, I think, do chill out if you you know, interact with them more. I don't really mess with mine much. And so they're pretty nervous, twitchy snakes, but yeah, I don't know. There's plenty of people on, there's a Dion's group on Facebook that only has like 300 people in it. And that's like the Dion's group <laughs> that shows you that's, that just goes to show you like that is yeah. the, and they're mostly European. Almost all of them are Europe, you know, over in Europe. Cause that's, those are, it's a, that whole like Dion's and Bimaculata, like those are wildly more popular overseas than they are here. So Jeez. We'll see, but it'll be cool to sort of get more out there into the into the U.S. hobby and see them sort of grow and take off. There's been a couple on Morph Market for sale for months. No, oh. really nice striped one. Um, another there's another Beijing animal, and then there was I don't remember the locality specifically. I don't know if it even had one, but it was another one, nice one, and they're like 250 bucks. And it's like that striped one would be pretty cool to have, but yeah i i don't know if they i think they were imported so like from europe which makes me a little on the nervous side just with crypto and stuff so yeah i don't know i do need like if i'm going to continue to do the dion's thing i definitely need to to get some more blood in there you know to kind of stir things up a little bit not necessarily locality specific and crossing localities like i did with this clutch is i guess in the eyes of the european community complete blasphemy <laughs> but it's like look i had what i had yeah you know you guys have access to wild stock with these things like we don't so yeah. um yeah pretty pumped there's definitely going to be updates on those babies as they shed and stuff and 
Um, probably going to be getting a good bit of corn from Chris here soon. <laughs> of course you are. We we So I had the idea. KP. Was it on Snakes and Stogies? Maybe it was last week. Of like being Chris's overflow. So like he gets, he picks out his holdbacks. Everything else that he just doesn't want to hold on to, he sends to me. And then I can hold on to some of them that I get from that group. And then we sell off and split the money on the rest. We'll see how that goes. We're going to try that out. See how it works. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it. Nice. I'm excited for Blood Reds. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the a pied, pied, pied Blood, blood, blood Reds. Yeah. Because uh, I think Joe Rosa was like, are they het for anything? I was like, they shouldn't be. They're not supposed to be. Like, Who knows are... with corns, though? It's... It wouldn't surprise me if something yeah. else popped out. But as far as I know, that particular line was kept very closed off on purpose. Like That person that, that produced those has made a very solid point to keep that line going. So yeah. we'll see. I don't know. I'm just excited to see what comes out. Oh yeah, man! I'm excited for Ladies Island Tesseras. Yeah, that's that's what exciting. I'm very excited. Yeah, about. that's like, that's a that's a cool pair. I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be interested. In normal to see that one. Tesseras. Normal F1 Tesseras. If yes. such a thing were to exist, I think it would be these. I so. mean, technically, they would be. You know, it'd be you know the F1 Ladies Island Tesseras. Hep for God knows what. Were they hep for Ghost? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's in Ghost, but. Head for Ghost. What is Ghost? Isn't that two morphs? It's Hypo and Annery. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. Yeah. I just have my two corns, and I'm literally going to, whenever they're of size, I'm going to breed them, and then I'm just going to take pictures of everything and send them to Chris and to tell me what they are. Because they're head for all kinds. What of... are they? Yeah, some of the stuff I have from him is head for like five things. I'm like, yeah. this is that's what mine are. Mine are the problem. Mine are head for like four things, I think. Call me simple, but the less hats, the better. Yeah, just keeps things straightforward. Because then you gotta like plug things into the calculator, and then there's stuff that you may not even know is in there, and then it's just, and then when you have all those hats, it's like, well, I really like Sunkiss. I really like some of these others that are het, you know, it's like, how am I supposed to choose what to pair it to if I want to get more of that? But you're giving me all these awesome options. It's a problem. Got to weigh your options, man. You asked for this. You're in corns. This is what, this is like part of the reason why I deal with more localities than anything, man. Morphs confuse me. Makes my head spin. Yeah, I've got at least two snakes from that are het for at least four or five different things and it's like when i pair those you know it's it's uh i don't know what i'm gonna get yeah. out of those it's That's like i'm gonna I have said. to say tell chris and chris you know because as far as the morph thing goes i will say i'm i am i am very green yeah chris is a freaking genius so chris knows what he sent me so yep we do make hats embroidered cammy who i work with hates doing hats <laughs> but she does them nice thank you brian 
but I, that kind of that's a good segue into sort of the what we were yeah what we i've been so i know the last like two or three one-on-ones we've done were really 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 <laughs> whack a little rocky so i texted like i messaged jake last week was like we're doing one-on-one start thinking of stuff to cover yep. and i was thinking about just I, frankly the shower is my think tank <laughs> and so i was in the shower a couple nights ago and i was thinking that's how i actually came up with the network idea I was yeah in the shower I that yeah and i like couldn't sleep that night i was so excited I was like this is like this why haven't we done this <laughs> but i was thinking and i was i was like how many species over the course of my herpeticultural career have i bred and i was just going over and thinking and then i asked myself Am I better off having bred different species or would it be better if I was just one of those guys that could just stick to like one or two and master them? So it's a jack of all trades versus master of none kind of thing. I don't, I, hmm. I don't really think there's a right or wrong for that. I just think it depends on the individual because you can, I think even if you have a variety, you can master a species. Cause let's, let's face it. Everybody, even if you keep a variety of stuff, everybody's got a favorite. Okay. Everybody's got that thing. That's always going to be there. No matter where they are in their her- herpeticulture career, it's always going to be there. So even amongst keeping different, different, different species and, you know, breeding them, you know, I think you can still master certain ones as long as you're willing to put in the the effort i don't know i just i just think about guys um you know like keith mcpeak's a good example with the the bolens bowellens bowellen bowellen i bowellen i bowlen 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 yeah uh you know like if he didn't have all the other stuff he had and he was solely focused on the on the bowlens which isn't a bad thing, because Keith does awesome stuff. Keith is a, a friggin' legend. But I, uh, I mean, I, I think about it in terms of the Jansen I too. Like for at least my stuff, it's like if I didn't have all this other stuff and I focused so much more time and energy into the Jansen I and like, what am I not doing? That's that's where I'm missing the mark. Like, would I be better off that way? It's one of those things where it's like you want to, you can, you can either be really good at one thing or you can be okay at a handful of things. And I don't know. Like, I think it's see, like, I think you're looking at a little too surface level. If I'm being honest, like, how I, so? like I, you know, in, I, I, yes, me. you can. I'm, I'm not enlightening you. I'm not, not being derogatory. No, no, no. I'm just I'm saying like, saying, like paint me a picture. What are we, what are we doing? Like, well, like I said, I think you can, I think you can be more than okay at, you know, certainly. Yeah. You might have some side species. You're like, yeah, I know how to breed them, but you know, I have these two that I've gotten down to like a T and you know exactly how to do it to be successful, you know, and it could be different stuff. But again, like you also have to, again, take into account like parameters in your room and how things flow together. So I think if you're keeping, you know, several different species, but they all fall kind of under similar care and you're, doing similar things you know i feel like you can still hone in you know those cigars species are an excellent example you have brands like rocky patel their portfolio is huge 
Like I still see cigars in some of the catalogs for the online retailers. And I'm like, I've never even seen that before, but apparently they've been making it since like 1997. Their portfolio is so gigantic and none of their stuff is really anything that makes me go, Oh my God, I got to smoke this all the time. Like it's so good. Mm -hmm. But then when you look at companies like Padron, which have also been around forever, longer than Rocky Patel, they do natural wrappers. They do Maduro wrappers. That's it. Yeah. They don't try to do anything with like Mexican tobacco. Um, like none of like the stuff from Peru, like none of that. Like they do what they do, and that is mm-hmm. it. They know what they do well, yeah, and they stick to it and don't deviate from it. But then, like I said, you have companies like Rocky Patel and Gurkha, where they have a million different SKUs and different different lines, and none of them are really anything that's spectacular, right? So I, and okay, I'm not saying necessarily I'll, that that like I'll, what I have going on is that is is the case necessarily. I just I just made me think, yeah. If I didn't have so much other stuff going on that was taking up attention, uh, you know, mental space and, and things like that, physical space for that matter. Yeah. Uh, you know, would I be better at stuff like Jance and I? Or... And I think that stuff is more like also managed because I'll, I'll, I'll rebuttal here with like a different different scenario. So you go to a restaurant, they have several different sandwiches. Okay, but there's usually if you're if if you go to the or whatever, yeah. But if but there's usually one sandwich that's considered the best. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they have a sandwich or two that are like that's the fan favorite. Firehouse. Everybody comes comes that, down. That smokehouse brisket at Firehouse. Yeah, you know, like everybody's I, got like a specialty sub or sandwich. I don't even bother something. trying anything else. Exactly. So that's that's, what that's I'm saying. because I found what I liked. And I'm one of those people where, like, once I find something yeah, I like I'm on the, the menu, same way. I don't usually go yeah, away from I'm that. I'm the same like, I get way. The same thing. At Firehouse, yeah, I'm the same way. I get the same sub every time. But, you know, that that's what I mean, though. It's like usually people have stuff, but they have that one thing that they're just, like, really good at. So I think it would be more so like a management type thing. Like, you can still keep and have all your other side projects, whatever. But, like, if you keep them in, you know, kind of a capacity like if they're simpler stuff to breed and keep whatever like then yeah have like a couple of them on the side then have that main thing that you put like a lot of time and effort into you know what i mean flagship species yeah you know so i don't think it's necessarily like you know pick or choose are you gonna focus focus on one or you know have just like a bunch and be okay at all of them it's just one of those things where it's like i don't know i'm trying to think of like a good example for like the stuff you have like if you had solely focused on Popwins and like a certain phenotype that you like, yeah. Well, like see if you get into if you get into phenotypes, that's a different that's a different story. You're talking I'm about using that as an example because I can't just say Popwins because that doesn't really narrow anything down. Well, yeah, but no, if you're like, saying Popwins versus other keeping other snakes, but like if you get into pheno- phenotypes, like yeah, if that's a completely different story. Like if you're putting your sole focus on one phenotype of a species, then yeah you will refine the living heck out of it. But at the same time, it doesn't mean you can't have your other little, you know, dibbly dabblies. See, know? that's the other problem though. Cause like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, I'm not saying you can't, I yeah. it's just something I, that I was thinking about, you know, when it, it's different. So like, what's the best way to explain this? No, and, like, and I'm, I'm tracking what you're saying. I have you the know? pair of Jans and I, I have a million pairs of corns and bears. Yeah. 
So it's like it's not the same. Like if I had an equal ratio of corns to Jansen I would I be able to balance those out a little bit better? Or would because you I'm be not able to so much time working on one another? Okay, the other. so this is what I'm getting at. So in that scenario, and I'm not saying you need to do this, but in that scenario, maybe if somebody else is there, they should cut down on the corns, not get rid of them, but cut back some so you can put more focus on the Jansen eye. Don't ditch them, still have your projects, but cut back make it a little bit more manageable to be able to manage your Jansen eye a little bit more. So I want to put them in a bigger setup. I'm afraid it's going to set me back in terms of like progress made. Oh, changing their enclosure. Yeah. Let's just hit the reset button. Yeah. Ugh. If you set it up similar, know. you know, that's, that's a species that does not like change. Like that's All a species to me. That's like, they they know where all their hides are and everything in the cage. They're familiar with it. They know where they're going. When they see me coming, they know exactly where to dip. But they're high. Uh, like obviously, I know it's a different enclosure. But I think I try to do things like putting like old bedding in there. If I'm changing an enclosure, I'll yeah, usually take some yeah. of the old bedding, put that I'll in there, that and then just put the hides in the same exact mm -hmm. spots. You know, but put extras because it's a bigger enclosure. But always have the ones that were in the same spot in the old cage. So fun yeah. fact, actually, and I've it's been a long time since I mentioned it, but when I bumped up Condros to those bigger Cambro tubs, I took the old paper towel yeah. from their previous tub when they, they were in like the 21 quarts and put it in there. And I it's anecdotal, but I swear they adjusted light years faster to the new new setup than they would have without that. Yeah. Because there was some, like, it's the mail that Alan Stevens has now. Like, I'd move him into a bigger setup. He'd immediately, like, stop eating. Like, a snake that that just never refused food, move him into a bigger setup, stops eating entirely, like, starts acting like a freak. So I move him back to the smaller tub, goes back on food, no problem. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't want this to happen to with too. all the other ones, you know, because I had all those other condors that I had to move into that Cambro rack, and it was like... I wonder if it will be a little easier if there's at least some level of familiarity yeah. in the new setup. And I think it made a huge difference. So. Yeah. And I think that goes a long way. You know, that's why whenever I get new snakes, I try to mimic the previous enclosure as much as possible. You know, and like, yeah, some colubrids, it's really not going to matter. But if something Dude, that'd be like going to an Airbnb and it's set up exactly how your house. Is. Yeah, that would exactly it's like Wayne's know? World. Remember Wayne's World? You no, watch Wayne's World, really right? Went, no, what? I no, I never really watched So they that. have their public access show, mm. and then uh, Rob Lowe, who's like the bad guy, comes in, and they recreate what was Wayne's basement in the studio. And so like they're sitting there looking at it, and he's like, oh, it looks just like Wayne's basement. <laughs> that's not Wayne's basement. But it's exactly the same, like verbatim. Yeah. Like, everything, like, even the stuff on the walls. Yeah. Stuff, like, yeah, and I think that helps with adjustment. You know, if you're keeping something a little finicky, ask what the first guy was keeping them in and try to mimic it. You know, like I had a carpet. I sent a carpet to uh, Mike Kosicki, and it seems like he's going now, but this carpet was the pickier of the bunch. Um, he ate for me right off the rip. Like, he ate his first meal, no problem. Um, but after that, he was kind of hit or miss. And so I was holding on to him and then he started eating consistently after a couple meals. He got really, really good. Kept him for, you know, a year. He was eating perfectly, you know, but I never changed his setup. 
Um, but so that at that point I was comfortable sending him off. That was the one Mike wanted. So I sent it to him. Had problems right off the rip eating. And I was like, God, that's the damn that's it, man. The, this isn't this is exactly what I was trying to prevent. Like by keeping part, this though, thing for so long. You can have you know? snakes that you send to somebody else that aren't eating and then they start eating great. Yeah. Like that that pop one I got from Riley. Yeah. He's like, dude, this thing ain't eating you want it. I was like, sure. Forty five minutes after putting it in the tub, I offered yeah. it a fuzzy, grabbed it like it had been eating the entire yeah. time. I'm like, dude, there's nothing wrong with the snake. And then it never refused a meal after that. Yeah, no. Never did. But for whatever reason, you can send other snakes and they're like, yeah. oh, God. I mean, it's like the it's like the pine, Chris, oh. the albino pine Chris sent me. You know, the female. He's like, dude, not the no, the big southern. Yeah. The, no. the or the Florida. Yeah. Not the, the stripe. No, no, no. The big the adult Florida. Remember, because yeah. I had to get a live mouse from you. Yes. Yeah. Chris was like, it'll only it only eats live mice. And I got it to eat a frozen thawed off the rip. And <laughs> Johnny has it. I forgot <laughs> I sent that pop one to Johnny. He's like, yeah, it still eats like crazy. That's nuts, man. I completely forgot I said that to you. I don't know if that's good or bad. Because <laughs> I checked with Riley first. I was like, hey, I got a guy who wants his first carpet. I had lost my female. And so I was like, can I send it to him? And he's like, yeah, sure. So I was like, hey, Johnny, got nice. a carpet for you. Yeah. Great man, and still eating like a champ. You should send me a picture of the of that now, because I'm curious if it kept a lot of that darkness. Darkness. Oh, I know it did. The mail I have from Riley is black. Really? Yeah, he's dark. He's dark. Nice little, nice little pop one. Yeah. Just. Yeah, snakes are weird like that, man. Because like, so it ate the albino Florida ate the ate the frozen thought mouse once, and then never wanted anything to do with frozen thought again. But a live mouse in front of it crushed it like it was nothing. So I was like, well, what the There's hell? There's some you sort know? of, the, yeah, because that's how it was with but, that, that male chondro of mine yeah. for the long, like for literally like at least a year. But the crazy, with her, I offered her a rat and she just destroyed it. Frozen thought, just yeah. hammered it in two seconds. And I messaged Chris. I was like, dude, you ever offer a rat? He's like, yeah, dude, I offered her everything everything she would only take live and now dude she eats frozen thawed rats like it's nothing see every time now and that's it's like what's I don't... weird is it's the common denominator there is like it's got to be sent but he offered rats he tried frozen thawed rats didn't want it i don't know it's just... it's it's weird i i have a theory and this could be complete bullshit again it's just a theory but i think if snakes are from a certain area in the world if they're in a climate that's the exact opposite of that i think they won't do as well but if they get sent to a more if they're a tropical species they get sent to a more tropical climate i feel like you know that could kind of kick things a little bit you know just geographical location you know being more yeah, similar to natural air, environment you know like barometric pressure yeah. and stuff like that oh, again I, I could be full of shit yeah. you know i'm not saying this is fact but it's it's happened too many times for us with tropical species you know that they come to here which is you know it's probably 80 percent humidity out right now you know and it is brutal so it's i don't know yeah that male chondro for the longest time man he would only take live and i hate feeding live especially yeah. like older mice older yeah, rodents like adults anything it. past a fuzzy i'm not about or a it. hopper i really don't enjoy feeding live even hoppers man they'll bite but that was all i could get him to take so i was like whatever just gotta roll with it and eventually like it started out he would take a frozen thawed you know every other meal intermittently every third meal and then eventually, I don't. Something just clicked, I guess, or something. Because now, 
you know, it's not a problem. But yeah. it was just, I don't know. There's a reason his name was Problem Child because I just had <laughs> nothing but problems when I first yeah. got him. It was one of the first condors I got, but oh my God, what a nightmare. Yeah. He's still an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how we got to this point, but moral of the story is you can you can be successful with anything you keep, man. As long as you put your mind to it and believe yeah. in yourself. Do whatever you want, man. You make it all make it all happen. See, uh, you know, the whole argument sort of collapses on itself when we talk about Rob Stone. Yeah. I mean that yeah. dude's had Ar- argument made. Yeah. Like he's super successful with everything, so it's, there we go. If just Rob, be like Rob. Just be like Rob Stone. That's, I mean, still got to get those shirts made. Rob Stone is my hero. Yeah. In giant letters, all the way down. Giant, giant, giant. Where to Daytona? Oh, dude, I'm so excited for Daytona. It's oh my god, good. I can't wait. It's gonna be the most lit one yet. Yeah. What else we got on the board? Okay, so I got I got one for you. Okay, over your entire reptile keeping career, if there was anything, if there anything you could say, there's nothing. But if there's anything you go back and redo or not do or change, what would it be? Definitely getting rid of pretty much my entire collection and taking that year off. That was like 2013. I had that pair of Terahu Maraboas that I fully regret getting rid of now. Oh, yeah. I had those that, pop ones, no, those M-Pen pop ones. That was bad, too. Like, I had some stuff that I was just like, looking back, it's like you were, that was dumb. Yeah. Um, probably doing the incubation of that first conjure clutch differently because the above water thing just wasn't working that mm-hmm. tub while well, it wasn't the above water part it was the tubs we were using that that wasn't working um i'm sure i could think of more yeah if i had to but off the top of my head definitely getting rid of that stuff that i had yeah uh, nice. i mean that break was really good because i came back into things with the you know even stronger and yeah. enjoying it more and was like glad to be back into it. And it gives you an appreciation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was, I don't know. There's just a lot going on yeah. at the time, but cool. I think that's, that would be the big, the big ones. Yeah. I think, you know, with the magazine stuff, I kind of wish we had circumvented you know the sort of the collapse of that better that was there was there was a lot of factors that went into that yeah a lot of it was just a lot of work and no extra hands sort of thing so i don't know um i think that's it yeah what about what about you uh probably Losing that yellow rat in your Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Oh, oh, oh yeah. You want to talk me. about that? How that's, about losing that that's freaking rhinos? That's, that's one thing I, I regret not doing sooner. <laughs> Keeping the rhino in a tighter dollar door sweep. 
I think would have come in handy a long time ago. Yeah. Do you ever regret not keeping your snakes in tighter tubs, closing your gaps in your rack? Look, bitch. <laughs> of course I do. Of course I do. Oh, jeez. But no, for me, kind of along the same lines, like if I could go back, I would change how I kept in my early days a little bit more. Like I would put more focus on enclosures versus animals i guess you know because i went in a period of like just kind of getting anything i could which i think that i'm not necessarily gonna say i would change that because i think that kind of going everybody's gonna go through that phase if you're just kind of getting anything and everything whether it's singles or pairs yeah you know especially it's like it seems like it happens kind of when you first get into the hobby or at least you decide you want to keep a more serious level like obviously if you just want to have one snake or two like yeah you know a little bit better but what if you one of those people who you keep one or two and then all of a sudden you want 20 then you're going to kind of get that bioditis and buy all that stuff and i think that's i think it's kind of necessary you know to kind of really learn what you want um you know i definitely would recommend researching and really thinking about what you want to get prior to um and i think that's the biggest thing i would change is researching more versus just kind of grabbing it and learning as i go you know i wish i would have researched a little bit more and gotten more specific stuff what would you have gotten more specifically? I think it would have been more so stuff I didn't or stuff I wouldn't have got at all, I guess. You know what I mean? Versus not necessarily different, but stuff I wouldn't have ever gotten into in the first place. And then I also have regrets of like selling stuff. Like yeah. I really regret my king rats. Yeah, I was gonna. I had a feeling that would be the one that yeah. you, you regretted the most. Re- the king rats were I regret the most, at least separating them because we had a pair for or I had a pair for a while and then. Things happen. One stayed in Texas. One came back to South Carolina with me. And then I had a lone male and he ended up going to a buddy, which like, yeah, getting rid of the lone male didn't really set me back or anything. You know, I didn't have a female, but separating that pair in general, I feel like I should have fought more to bring the pair and then not gotten rid of them. I have Um, a regret when it comes to your king rats. And that's. A, not stopping to check it out more when I saw it, and B, not having an appreciation for them at the time. Yeah. Like, I knew what they were, and I was like, yeah, these are cool. But now, like, seeing Brendan Myers and and Billy has some, and, you know, reading Dr. Messenger's book where he talks about them, like, okay, these things are pretty freaking sweet. Yeah, they're incredible, dude. Bizarre. They are incredible. I would keep those again in a heartbeat. As as soon as I get up the money to actually get some and I get all my other clue projects out of the way, those are first on the chopping block. I think they are just incredible animals. Um, I never would have wasted my time. And I'm not going to say wasted. That's that's the wrong word. I never would have gotten into bloods. I can yeah. tell you that if I go back, I never would have spent money on bloods because I that was a bad That's investment. A phase I still kind of giggle at. Yeah, I, I lost. It. I lost a pretty good bit of money on getting the bloods, and I lost the money just because I wanted to get rid of them, you know. And it was, it just wasn't a good, wasn't a good gig. And I also kind of had somebody who was wanting to get into snakes a little bit, so they kind of went in on some stuff with me, and all of a sudden they wanted out, and we had a falling out with our friendship and. And I had to reimburse him and it was just, it was kind of messy, you know, and he was kind of into the bloods and all of a sudden it was like, Hey, I want my money back on these. And I was like, Oh, I didn't tell you to buy them, dude, you know, but whatever. So it is what it is. Um, but I ended up not really 
being into the species they really weren't for me um i would change who i bought stuff from i'll say that i don't know I man more, that stuff i would have been more specific about who i got that stuff from. that nick patini at cold-blooded earth has is pretty ridiculous oh, as far as blood yes oh yeah Short tails and stuff. oh yeah he's got yeah, he's got some. Oh my god, incredible stuff! And I'm not saying bloods Graham, are bad, Graham, dude. Graham yeah. Addison has some really nice stuff too. They're they're super cool animals. They're just the keeping style, just really. I don't know. They weren't for me, and to be honest, at the time they didn't really fit. Um, I kept things a little bit warmer than bloods needed to be, and so they really didn't go well with. They're the jack in the box of snakes. That's yeah. what I didn't like about them. It was like you yeah, could see the really... eyes going crazy, <laughs> but you never knew when they were actually going to take a swing at you. Yeah. Man. Yeah, no, and they, they just weren't for me. They're great snakes. They're just not my cup of tea. Um, I only had the one, and it was it wasn't a blood. I don't think it was sold to me as a blood. It was, a, I think, it was just a short tail. But I'm just glad I didn't invest more money into mm -hmm. them, which I didn't invest a lot at all. You know, I, I had very few animals, but I quickly learned that they were not not for me. Um, but yeah, those Teru Maribos, man, I still think about those. Yeah, you know, dude, that thing. Like, seen any me, for sale? Dude. Oh like, my they god! Were, I mean, realistically, they were horrible. Really, they had really shitty attitudes. <laughs> like you couldn't do anything without them hissing and like losing their shit. They ate great though. They were really pretty. That's almost the biggest thing I care about now, man. Like attitude aside, I can deal with a mean snake, but if they eat, like that's <laughs> that's my biggest thing. As long as I like it, if I'm not really into the species and it's an asshole, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like I don't. And I miss my Nicaraguans, yeah. and that's why Scott Miller has those ones for sale. And I'm like, <sighs> dude, I would see, and I, I would remember, get... and I regret I had that Nicaraguan from you. Yeah, and I don't even remember what happened, like who it went to. It went to the local guy from Savannah, the wildlife catcher dude who was big with uh what's his fucking bluffton caught alligators i can't remember his name he was part of eric's little posse out there oh yeah real short-haired dude yeah but I he can't was remember his I, name. I traded that that nicaraguan and some other stuff for Condro. yeah yep yeah, because he came back. He was like, yeah, I'll do straight up trade Nicaragua for the Condor. And then he was like, no, never mind. Nicks aren't worth as much as I thought no. they were. So, yeah, I do no. miss those. But it's it's I would keep Nicaragua Nicaraguans again. But I wouldn't if I if I could go back, I would have gotten a different pair. I would have gotten a pair of Nicaraguans from somebody else and kept them. I wouldn't have gotten the single one that I got. Cause I still have a very soft spot for boas. I want, I want a pair of boas really bad, I've, but I'm waiting to like really find the ones that I, I I'm want. At, I'm at the crossroads where I gotta, gotta be pretty picky about what I decide yeah. to bring in now. Cause yeah, I literally, like sure. I really, you know, I talked to Scott about those Nicaraguans that he had. He just posted up and, you know, asked for a price and, you know, it's it's really it's good price. They're head anneries, which I, I don't even really care about that. It's just I like I like the normal Nicks. And um, yeah, that's what I would want. Just normals. I don't. It was some. I mean, I brought it up in like the group chat the other day. I was like, I don't like I really miss Nicaraguans. I told Scott that I was going to think about it for a little while. And I am. You know, it wasn't like a let me talk to my wife kind of thing. It's like I legitimately wanted to sit for a little bit 
and make sure I really wanted them and that it yeah. wasn't just like sort of an impulsive, like nostalgia. I'm thinking thing. about them right now and I want them and they're here, you know, not necessarily yeah. that, but just like, man, I miss keeping Nicaraguans. And then I get yeah. the, the Nicaraguans and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is why I got rid of them. <laughs> Most of the ones I had yeah. were pretty pissy. The ones that I had that weren't were some of the best snakes I ever had, but I don't. And then it's like, if I don't have room for Northern pines, I probably don't have room for full-grown Nicaraguan Imperator. Yeah, that's meh. So well, Nicks are on the smaller side, but yeah, they're but not. Still, they're still big. You're still looking. You're still at, looking at a four by two by two enclosure. You know, and then it's like if I end up deciding to, because like my thought was, okay, I'll just get the one. Uh, if I end up down the line deciding i want to get a male or whatever female depending on whatever i got then i would and you know it's it's whatever like no big deal no pressure just have it to enjoy it which mm. i enjoy everything i have for the record right but just being like i miss keeping nicaraguans like it takes me back to my youth it would be cool to have one again but then it's like i just is that space that I could be devoting to something else that I'm more focused on? Yeah. And that's really what it, what it comes out to be, you know, it's like with, with guys like us who have limited space, you know, you kind of have to decide where do you, you know, where do you want to put your eggs? What basket do you want to put your eggs in? Like, you know, it's, we don't have all the space in the world and, you know, I think they would go well. I don't know how hot they can be kept or, you know, if they can be kept at ambience like you keep, but you know, it's, think they would fit well in a you know collection like ours for the most part but mm -hmm. and then i know. for whatever reason lately i have kind of missed amazons oh god don't even <laughs> go there smitty that's one of my big regrets was going uh, in on those those with you yeah that one i'll take i'll agree with you on that one i wish we never would have done that but johnny asked have you guys tried feeding birds? I've experienced practically no feeding issues this year since I switched to a mostly bird diet. I have fed birds before. Um, I fed quail to carpets, and you know, it was I fed eggs, quail eggs. Yeah, I fed I fed full blown quail. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people are switching to birds, which isn't it's not a bad thing, you know. But pretty much everything in my collection would eat birds. All the rat snakes will. Um, you know, all the carpets definitely will, you know, but I um, need to get some quail eggs for the cyania. They I'm love just I'm spending so much money on rodents right now that it's hard to advocate getting extras because I don't really want to go on a soul <laughs> diet of birds. But, you know, Dan said, don't you dare miss Amazon's Jesus. I hate. those <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Ever since that one snuck me on the palm of my <laughs> hand, man, I'm not. Nah. Amazons are sneaky. And it, even if I Not did get back it. into those, I wouldn't want anything super high end or super fancy. Like I'd be happy with some of like just the darker gardens. Yeah, I, I Cause don't. it'd still be fun to breed those and see, you know, what pops out. You can have fun with those, buddy. I've never, I've never bred any live bears. Yeah. That's kind of scary. So I, I don't know. I think that's part of it for me too. Is like, I just be different and be something I'm different out of the yeah, norm from the incubator. Yeah. But then it's like, supplemental heat in an already super hot room another light like yeah heat panel all that stuff problem. i don't know that's why i like i really try to keep my room on the slightly cooler side right now it's really hard um because it's so flipping hot out there mm -hmm. and i don't want to i can't run my ac i can only run my ac bill up so much 
but I try to keep my room a little cooler so I can supply, you know, supplemental heat. And, and if I do get something that needs it a little cooler and needs that, you know, those temperature fluctuations. Um, so I have one regret with the Barons. That's not getting a female, so I can rub it in your face. <laughs> I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're. Uh, uh, glad you. Yeah. Glad you find it funny. Glad you're enjoying they're yourself. They're cool. They're no rhinos, but they're cool. <laughs> oh, they're no rhinos. Oh, jeez. Oh, you want to get bit and smell like burnt rubber shit too? No, I don't. I don't. I will never miss Amazon. Miss Amazon Musk. Misk. I'll never miss Amazon Musk. I've never smelled Amazon Musk. Oh my god, dude! It's I'm telling like you, a burning it's, tire. dude, it's, it's it can't it can't be worse than these Ponchatoula broadbands, mm -hmm. man. No, I'm telling you, bro. It might just be a different I'm flavor. I'm telling of, you, it, it's got to be a different, got to be a different flavor, dude. Because this, I you got to come over sometime. I'm gonna put them in the holding bin, clean their enclosure. And I'm gonna open that bin, and I need you to stick your face in it and smell it. That's not musk. Then they just they just smell bad. No, they don't. They don't. The snakes themselves do not smell bad. I keep them clean. They, they it's the musk, man. I felt it was on. I took a. I made a reel of one just the other day. And I posted it today, and the you paid for the, it dearly. The scent that was emitting from that snake actually took a dive bomb out of the tub. And that's why I got a video. Cause I was like, well, it's already out. So I already um, smell horrible. Yeah, dude. Well but like, I felt it. it. It was wet. I could feel the musk on me. And it was that smell. I legit smelled my hand just cause I had to make sure. And it was like, I gagged. I snake must does not make me gag, but these ponchatoulas, dude, it's, it's ungodly. It's it's not it's not fair to other snakes. Like it's it, it's oh geez, I can tell you, I wouldn't eat one if I was predator. <laughs> I can tell you that, Jesus, it would work on me. It, it it's just like copperhead musk, but worse. It's that's probably the closest thing I can compare it to. That copperhead musk. That day you put your copperhead in the bucket. Yeah, at your old like, house. Smell like feet. Yeah, it, dude, it's like that, but it's like way amped up. I thought I smelled cabbage. It's it's terrible. They're not better than rhinos, Skylar. They are better than rhinos. I can't. I you don't. Can't, you I can't, can't even. One. You haven't felt pain until They're you cooler. lost a rhino. They're cooler. What are rhinos? No, absolutely. No, they're not. Barons. I'm sorry, man. I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm gonna be team. Team That's Rhino. Fine. That's fine. Like yeah. the Barons are awesome. I really like mine. I can't it's, wait for it to get bigger so I can move it into that bio G I got waiting for it. It's understandable because I mean you're. A chondro guy. I mean, you're clearly into the less superior things, so it's it makes sense. Uh, Silence. Fuck you. Silence. That's Got what him. I have to say. Got him. Got him. So we did have uh, our buddy Ish, who was in the chat, had a question for us to ponder. Um, North American rats on ambient versus supplemental heat. I found myself keeping my rats on ambient heat this time of year after seeing them spend more time on the cool side of their tubs. Now they utilize their space more after cutting their heat. So I, what's interesting is traditionally I've never been 
big on ambient heat in a room, mostly because I got to work in it. I don't like being hot and sweating all the time when I'm, you know, doing really stuff that's not strenuous. It's just hot as balls. Yeah. But now that I have the Aki cage going, I've turned off all the heat on all my racks in my room because I also have a window in there and that plays a big part in it. If you have windows in your room, I think it's a little easier because especially if you get the afternoon sun, not the morning. It's, I think the ambience in my room are probably about 80 if I had to guess. So I temp gunned the egg box that the Dion's were in before they hatched because once again, I was trying to get some numbers and I couldn't find one of my Govies. I don't know where they went. I need to order more. Uh, And it was 79. And that's like chest height to me. So that's like middle of the, middle of the the space Mm -hmm. like almost dead middle because it's like a seven foot high ceiling i'm six foot four you know i could touch the ceiling no problem so it's obviously going to be a little warmer up there than it is down you know chest level but it's it's not bad like yesterday when i was popping the the babies uh i had already been sweaty because i'd gotten in my car after work and my car's been baking all day and so i was already sweating my ass off and then I go into the snake room and it's still warm and it's like it just doesn't stop. It just continues, picks up where it left off between getting out of the car and going inside. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I actually don't mind the ambient thing now. Like it's really, it's much more convenient. Like I understand that's why a lot of people do it because now you don't have to run a bunch of thermostats. You don't have to run a bunch of heat, um, you know, panels and lights and things like that. Like I understand it and it makes sense. And now yeah. I am much more into the ambient thing yeah uh and with colubrids i think running ambient is a lot easier with stuff like carpets i ran ambient for carpets for like a year and it was fine for the most part um i had a couple problems with certain animals but i think that was due to other factors um but you know for the most part it was fine but you if you do ambience with stuff like carpets you got to keep it warmer you know with colubrids 80 you're you're good pretty much mm-hmm. like for most stuff well that's, that's north american I think stuff that's... you're normally good but the carpets you got to keep them around like 84 if you're doing ambience and that's mm-hmm. i can deal with 80 my room gets up to 80 like midday and i can deal with that but that 84 that shit that's was hot lot, yeah. that shit was hot 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 and i i don't know i w- i'll never do that again for carpets now colubrids this time of year i'm about to be turning off thermostat well, you have that window in your room now yeah. is that an afternoon sun or as afternoon sun, sun. Yeah. yeah so it's and it and it works fine you know and it's going to you know i'm going to start turning off heat for the most part i think like that big rat in the black box cage mm-hmm. i haven't been turning on his light because it, it warms up I'm so sure much in there. Pretty damn warm in there yeah. yeah so and it's not astronomical it maxes out at about 80 you know and if i keep if i keep the third or the the ac down more i'll I'll keep it around 78 Mm -hmm. which at that point i like supplemental heat but you know if you're it gradually grow you know rises throughout the day and then like i said my ac bill is a factor so i think i'm gonna keep it you know 75 in my house which puts it at about 80 in there Mm -hmm. you know or 76 keeps it about 80 in my room um, so that's probably what I'm going to be shooting for and, you know, turning them off during the day. But yeah, you know, I'm, I've also seen that, you know, with, with my stuff ish, um, you know, right now, a lot of my stuff stays forward because they have supplemental heat and they just seem a little bit more antsy, you know, and they're, they're cruising a lot more. So I think it is a little too hot and that's why I'm going to start turning off 
the heat, you know, and, you know, but I think with the important part, you know, Chris talked about it in uh corn stars a couple weeks ago, you know, if ambient, you know, works fine, you know, if, if that's your preference, you want to keep ambient. A lot of people are very successful with keeping ambience do that. But, you know, there are some things you should do if you're doing ambience, you know, have thicker substrate layers. That way you, there is a slight fluctuation, you know, that way they can bury themselves really deep. Um, so that, that's been a recommendation from, uh, sort of pain chab mm -hmm. or paint job and, um, pain scab. Yeah. Pain scab. Yeah. That way there is some type of fluctuation. I just personally like to be able to let them thermoregulate. Um, it's just a personal preference. I don't like heat tape. I hate running heat tape. I hate running supplemental heat. It scares me, but it's just one of those things, you know, I'd rather keep up with it and, you know, you know, replace heat tape every couple of years, make sure everything's plugged in and, you know, all your probes are in place. You know, I'm constantly looking at my probes, man. Every time I open the slot where the probes at, I look at the probe, make sure it's, it's still good. You know, stuff like that. Cause I do prefer, I prefer to have back heat, but you know, this time of year, there's only so much you can do. Cause you know, if your room is closed off, like mine is, you know, I keep my door shut because we have a dog and you know, it helps with the smell, you know, things like that. Cause let's face it. If you have a bunch of clovers, your room fucking stinks. Um, so, but having your door closed also that, but having your door closed, it will get hotter, you know? So, um, so you, you work with what you have, but I don't think it's mm -hmm. bad because especially, you know, like you said, if you have that evening time, it, you get a, almost a natural rise and fall, mm -hmm. you know, like morning, it's cooler, gets warmer midday drops again at night. Like that's a natural occurrence. Yeah. So, and I turn know, all the, everything off at night. Yeah. You and, turn all of them off either way at night. You know, even yeah. Night, but even we keep our AC off. at like 72. So it definitely cools off. Yeah. And then it warms up in the morning when that Aki cage gets turned on. Uh, and you know, the 80 ish that it stays is actually works that I think that's kind of been the sweet spot because it's worked fine for the rhinos. Not that they're super sensitive to temperature anyways, but you definitely keep them on the cooler side. Yeah, you don't you want to them like super. High. It's worked well with the Dion's and Bimaculata. It's worked well with all the corns and bears. It's worked fine for the chondros, fine for the boiga, like, it works. It works fine. Like everything eats fine. Everything processes fine. Everything like there's no issues. So like I said before, I was I was like, I'd rather be cooler and more comfortable and just have external heat on or, ex, you know, uh, supplemental heat on things than ambient. Yeah. But now after sort of running that, it's I like it. I don't really have to worry about things because everything's cut off. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know. I like it. I get it. I think whenever I do end up getting a separate space for my stuff, I'm going to try and sort of do the same thing. Keep it ambient if I can. Yeah. It's, I don't know how that would even happen or what the setup would be like. Cause we're so far out from that even being a thing, but it's just, it's worked out well for a lot of species across the yeah. board. So my carpets will always have, supplemental heat if it if my room stays at 80 um, but i also that's... sort of prefer to keep stuff on the cooler side anyways right. yeah like, i like sure. to keep mine under 85 like everything yeah i prefer to keep stuff even under hot 85. even hot spots yes like on my hatchling rack especially when i had the baby chondros and stuff i think i had it set to like 82 yeah because i just i don't think they 
especially considering a lot of the species that that I, you know, at the time had that were nocturnal, like the chondros and the cyania. Like they're not they're not out and about when it's eighty five plus. Yeah, you know, they're out and about when it's like upper mid seventies. Like right. Yeah, so. I mean that's a good point. I mean, like if you if you're operational herper, temperatures, yeah, and then there's the temperatures. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point because if you're a herper, like you go out with temperature drops, like you know during the summer. You're not going out at noon. No, because it's too freaking high, you know. And but you go when there's a storm coming through. It's down in the mid seventies in the evening. You know, like it's always the best time. So. Hey, there's there's something to it, you know, and frankly, I think a lot of snakes could be kept in at cooler temperatures and be fine. Obviously, like, you know, snakes in the wild have the opportunity to go bask for a amount of time. You know, I think as long as they get a period of having warmer temperatures, at least for a little bit, I think that's the the important part. You know, even when I was living with Doug, he kept the house really yeah, cold, which did. I loved it. If I'm recalling correctly. The cyania weren't even on heat at all. And they did fine. Mm -hmm. And we're talking like low to mid 70s easily. Damn. And chondros did fine. Brettles did fine, but they're brettles. You could keep them in Antarctica or you keep them on the surface of the sun. They're not going to care. Right. Like bears and stuff all did fine. Corns did fine. I don't know. I just. The more stuff I've kept at cooler temperatures like that, where people would be like, oh, I wouldn't keep them that cold. Like, it's not even necessarily cold. I, I'm, and this is another like theory, and it might be a dumb one. People may agree, people may disagree. I don't know, but I've kind of come to the conclusion that with, with snakes, depending on the species, obviously, it's one of those cases where it's like, if you're comfortable, they're comfortable. Like, Ackies, that's a different story because Ackies, you got to get them, you know, yeah triple digits on the hot spot that one's like, very that's... species dependent you know like stuff like north american colubrids yeah that's i'd say that's but i've had the chondros in the yeah but chondros are also known to be on the I've cooler had the side Boyga in the mid 70s yeah. i'm just saying it's not that alternative like i just i don't know i just and it's it's obviously a big part of that too is going to be the fact that we live here in the southeast where it's like heat and dryness are not really an issue no not at all so it's easy for me to say if it, if i were up in like vermont or you know northwest or something like that that would be a different story maybe but well especially during winter but even then we've talked about like the natural dip seasonally in your room because you know even with lights out in winter here like the house is colder during the winter and so my room is naturally going to be a little bit cooler than it normally would be and like right. in the summer it's gonna be a little warmer than it normally would be right and then everywhere in between so that's kind of why my plan is like i think with at least with the colubra it's like summer months no supplemental heat gets warm enough winter months if they're not being cool they'll get supplemental heat yeah at least that's kind of that i say that but you know announcing your plan is a good way to make god laugh so I just, I, and you know, the whole thing that sort of started my thinking about the whole temperature thing and like how our, our like is our, what our idea of a normal temperature is that's still warmer than they probably need it to be. Like that all started with the, you know, the Julander Phillip book on chondros where they talked about how like we're keeping them too hot. And I think there's yeah. a, there's a lot in that book that I think can be applied to a lot of species outside of chondros too. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's like I don't know. I've just like I've seen these animals, and they've had nights in winter, uh, or just in general, where it's it's colder than I would probably keep them at purposefully. But they've done fine, and they've done fine for extended periods of time, and so it's like, do they really need to have the hot end of eighty-five degrees, or do we just assume like? That's uh, oh they, well, they come from Thailand, so it's it's super hot there. So I need they need to have a super hot spot at all times. Right. And again, I think you know, for it's all I think it's all species specific. You know, like for me, the biggest argument I make for having hot spots is like sometimes you see those animals laying directly on them. You know, like after a meal, a lot of my snakes go yeah, lay right on top of that hot spot. Though. You know, exactly. You know, but that's what I'm saying. That and that's where They're I'm not- getting at with the uh, you don't know. It doesn't need to be there twenty four seven. But it's one of those things, giving them access to it at times, you know, even times of the day or hell, even times of the week, you know, Mm -hmm. give them two days of heat after they eat, you know, something like that. Having the option there at times, I think, is beneficial. Is it needed? Not for everything. No. But can it be beneficial to some? And is it needed for some? Absolutely. You know, so and again, it's all depends on what you keep. And you always always have to stay within boundaries, obviously, you know, but. Even when I had heat plugged into like my hatchling rack or something, the only time I saw animals actively using it was like after a meal or periodically, maybe they'd be towards the back of the tub. But for the most part, they spent a solid probably like 80% of their time on the opposite end, like off heat. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. That's just thinking out loud, but yeah. I think that that we have more wiggle room with a oh, lot yeah, of, no, with a lot of I, species than than maybe yeah people might think we I whole, do. I wholeheartedly agree, you know. And I, I don't know. Like, a lot of it's reading your animals, you know. If you have one that's constant, if you have supplemental heat and it's oh, constantly yeah, yeah. on heat, then it's probably cold. But you know, well, that one time that that my rack, you know, the probe fell out, and I walked in, and all of the chondros and that that rack were hugging the cold end. Like I mean, like yeah flat against it as much as they could be and all of them were like that like all six tubs is like something's wrong yeah and i went and looked and sure enough the probe had fallen out and it was like 100 we were like in it was it was like zoom in heat pad hot yeah like upper 90s low hundreds and they were all on the cold end i was like something's wrong because they don't all do that ever and sure enough so it is. I mean, it is. That's a bad kind of indicator. You know, it's like yeah. it tells you something. And I'm glad that I noticed it because had I not, who knows what would have happened. But it's, it, I mean, there's there is something to be said for having that kind of thing, I guess. And you can read the animals a little better and have an idea of what's going on. And, you know, that that going back to boas and like gravid females and they're pregnant females, I guess. Like they need that. Like they definitely need the, the bump in, in heat. Yeah. That's not like I wouldn't breed Amazons or, or Nicaraguan boas or something and just be like, yeah, well, how I keep them 75 you know, ambient. They'll be fine. No problem. Yeah. Would they be OK? Probably. Would I want to find out if they would or wouldn't? No, no. I'd give <laughs> them supplemental heat for sure. So, yeah, well, 
<clears throat> moving on from that topic, you know, before we wrap this up, we're hitting an hour and a half. Um, what uh, what advice would you give someone wanting to start their own podcast, Smitty? You're kind of the kind of a guru now, mm. being the the king of the network. Mm. What 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 advice would you give somebody? My advice would be, ask the Podfather. Ask the Podfather, old Eric Burke. No, it's it's the biggest thing that I would tell anyone wanting to start a podcast is be patient and keep putting it out. Like you're not gonna get results immediately. No, yeah, that's actually that's a very good point. Like a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but I think people start one, they get, you know, a month or two in, they're like, no one's listening to it. And so they give up or they just decide not to do it. It's like you got to, A, it's a combination of being regular with putting out episodes and getting it out there and making it known. Like people aren't going to, aren't going to listen to it if they don't know it's there. Right. Like Facebook ads. They're cheap enough to run. Like, there's ways to do it, you know. But I think a lot of people don't. They they stop too soon before it, it fully sort of gets fleshed out. And, I mean, that's the case with us. And, I mean, that's, like, why when we started, we went into it. And it was, like, don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Don't know whether this is going to last, you know, two weeks or two years. Let's just put it out and, and see what happens. And, yeah. I think a lot of that, at least in hurt podcasts and what's, you know, what's out there now is like, it was just timing. Like we got yeah. in at the, at the right time. Yeah. I think like we yeah. got in just before the, you know, the, the, the big wave and push sort of started. So, yeah. Um, so, well, somebody looking to start one now because they're, because they're just in, there's so many podcasts out now, you know, like, do you think it would be a smarter route for somebody to, you know, pick a species and make a podcast on that and put it out once a month or once a week? Or do you think they should do what kind of more like what we do, do more of a broad spectrum and then go more, more often, you know, what, and, and, and I, and I'm almost leaning towards more specific, less frequently because there are so many now, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. You know, I'm just saying it feels like that's starting to become more common though. So the Condro cast is a very good example of why I, yeah. I would urge someone to probably think twice about doing a species. I mean, aside, let me back it up. <clears throat> <clears throat> so corn stars is a little different because there's a lot going on in corn snakes. There's a lot of people doing stuff with corn snakes. There's a lot of combinations in corn snakes. Like there's no shortage of stuff to talk about. Chondrocast, it's a little more difficult. Like Chondrocast isn't gone. I know I say this all the time. It's not a priority. And I noticed fairly early on and this is just me. I there's people that have said like it doesn't matter who we had on, what we talked about, they would listen because it's just cool to have Condro stuff out there. And I'm I, I think this might be part of the reason why Bill and Buddy don't do GTP Keeper Radio nearly as much, and they never have done it like a lot. But 
it got to a point where it felt like I was just doing the same episode over and over again. Because it's like, that's why sort of one of the things I wanted to focus on with it more in particular was like the people keeping chondros, not necessarily the chondros themselves. Right. Because pretty much everyone keeps them in some variation that's like same as the next guy. You know what I mean? Like there's really no reinventing the wheel, so to speak, when it comes to keeping chondros. Like there's the way to do it. There's the way that works. And if you're breeding them, you're probably got it figured out. Right. So that was <clears throat> that was kind of a concern when I started Corn Stars. But like I said, I think there's so much more to cover and get into. Right. But the Chondro cast, and I guess that's kind of the difference between like hyper focused and and focused. Yeah, you can kind of look at it like we were talking <laughs> about with keeping the keeping the snakes, you know, running a podcast, a different type of podcast, you know, like yep. do you wanna you know focus on one and really master the podcast at that mm-hmm. one or do you want to have a bunch of just like different stuff and there's no, and neither one i think is bad but i think if so, gonna, I, I think if you're going to focus on one it has to be less frequent i think people like if you're yeah and that's one of the things is like even then like when i was doing contracast on a monthly basis it was still like i feel like and it was maybe it's just me like i said people were like i'll listen to it no matter you know what you're talking about even if it's the same thing we just heard like people just want condo content and that's cool. Yeah. Like I, I appreciate that. I get it. It just got to the point where it was like, how are you keeping them? Cool. Exactly. Like the person that we just talked to does exactly like I do it. Exactly. Yeah. Like David and Luke do it. Uh, how will you go about breeding? Oh, exactly the same way Luke and David do it. Exactly <laughs> the same way I did it. Like, yeah. And it I just did. got very repetitive and I felt yeah. like we were just doing the same episode over and over again. You know, everyone, a lot, well, I won't say everyone, but a majority of people's story as far as how they got into Condors, pretty much the same. It, and maybe it's it tough. should be more of a, a genre specific. You know, I think Klubert and Klubroid is a very good it's, example it's of that. Focus, it's a, but not hyper. Exactly. You know, it's, it's on a broad spectrum, you know, mm-hmm. like I think somebody could start a podcast about old world, old world colubrids. You yeah, know, I think yeah. that would be a good podcast, you know, cause it's still, there's a spectrum and there's a lot of different types of old world colubrids, but mm-hmm. it's not, like you said, it's not hyper focused on. And one I, I mean, I wonder why, you know, NPR, like they branch out and do stuff outside of Morelia. Yeah. There's, there's but I wonder if it's because it was a similar scenario where it was like, how many times can we talk about carpets and how we keep them and breed them? Yeah. You know, it's like, but they also have all kinds of podcasts now. They have like a blood. Yeah, I'm talking like podcast. long before all that. Oh yeah, like, yeah, you know when I started Condorcast and I was, you know, it just at the time of when I started it, I was like, you know, this will work out, and yeah. it, it it did. Like, there's nothing wrong with the show by any means. Yeah. It's just one of those things where I was like, I I didn't really understand why people would continue to want to like want that like want yeah. that show out there yeah. because it's like, I feel like I'm just repeating myself. Yeah. So, and you know, and, and anybody can get creative with it, you know, even if you want to go the route of, you know, hyper-focusing on a species and doing a podcast about that, I think it's just going to be a lot of get, cre- get creative with ideas and then, you know, execute them and then just don't do it every week. Don't do it every two weeks. Do it once a month. Do it, do it less than, I will say once though a that month, is a, that is know? a slippery like, slope because I was like I'm gonna do Condrocast once a month it'll be awesome and then it was, was like oh yeah I didn't do one this month yeah next month oh yeah I didn't do one this month next month oh yeah I didn't do one 
six months later, hey, here's an episode. See you in another six yeah. months. And but see, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I think if somebody set up a podcast that they did quarterly because it's so species specific, you know, yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, like maybe make it a longer episode, maybe make it a short one, you know, put out four episodes a year. You know what I mean? Like there's different there's I mean, at the rate we're going. That's pretty much. What's yeah. Happening. You know, and there's and there's nothing but there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like if that's the route you want to go, then do that. You know, I think if you hyper focus on a species, you could very well do that. You know, you could spend, you know, four years and only put yeah, out, you, you know, not be 16 like episodes. Me. You know, it's I don't even think it's a laziness because I, you, I mean, you also have a you also do a ton. I would of love to do contracast like, episodes like every week, but yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like, once again, I feel like it's like we're just going to have the same conversation. Yeah. Over yeah. Over and over. Well, I'm just saying, like, in general, if somebody wants to mm -hmm. hyper focus, I think it can definitely be done. It just might take a little bit more effort, you know. Mike Kosicki um, asked, what's the challenge of getting herpers on the podcasts? I don't think there's, you know, it's I think not, it hasn't seemed to be too bad. I think we're fortunate in the fact that we really haven't had that many people decline the offer to come on the show. I, I've had one person decline me. I've had a couple, but I'm talking, we're talking like less than five. Yeah. And it wasn't because they didn't like the podcast. They didn't like the shows or anything like a that. It's just time. A lot of it was just guys that just, they're not, it's not their thing. Yeah. Like they're just not into talking. They're not, you know, um, you know, not going to throw anyone under the bus, but uh, like Bob Henderson, I really wanted to get him on to talk tree bows. And he's like, ah, you know, I'm just really, that's really not my thing. Uh, you know, I'm not much of a talker and it's like, okay, that's fine. You know, and that could have just, it could have just been a brush off excuse. Yeah. I don't, I doubt it, but it's one of those things where it's like, I don't push it. Yeah. You know, if that's what someone tells me, cool. Yeah, don't like, be a I'm dick about it. I'm not going to continue like, to ask you every month. Like, yeah. it, you know, if you if you if you really want to come on the show, you know, if I ask you, then usually people are pretty pretty enthusiastic about yeah. it. And uh, you know, like Terry Phillip, like I've had people who are like, "Man, get Terry Phillip on the show." Like I asked Terry, and Terry was like, "I I like to stay in the back." And it's like that's that's fine. That's fine. I get yeah. it. Like I just like you you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like I, the one person, you know, I asked one guy to come on and talk pits. You know, a very well known pitchofus breeder, and you know, he was just like, honestly, he's like, I have a family. I've got three, three or four kids. You know, and I just I don't have the then time between the snakes and family. Is like I just said, okay, thanks. You know, that, that's cool. Things, it's whatever. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's fine. You know, but yeah, yeah. For the most part, it hasn't really seemed to be. But we've also, bad. I mean, at the same time, we're we're also like the we the people we ask to come on. It's very intentional. Yes. Like there's a reason. Like there's something you're doing, or a species in particular you're you're working with. That's like okay. Like we, I want to find, I want to know more and I want to be yeah. able to share that information with everyone else. Right. Um, like Derek Roddy's the next episode. Next oh, week. he is. Yes. Oh yeah. And that was one of those things oh, where I got yeah. a message from Derek and he's like, Hey man, I've been enjoying the show. You know, you want to talk blackhead sometime on there? Let me know. And I was like, hell fucking yeah. We'll talk blackheads now. with you. I've been wanting to we do were, a blackhead I, I tried to. I was like, you are free Thursday? He's like, uh, I'm not. I was like, okay, cool. Next week. All right. It's He's like, it's in the books. Perfect. Sweet. Like that kind of Hell stuff. Yeah. It's like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm not gonna be like, no, man. Blackheads suck. 
Yeah. Like, I don't keep blackheads. I don't have any desire to keep blackheads. I do. But blackheads are freaking cool, you know. Blackheads like, are cool. He also, also the... he keeps some killer jungles. Like he ain't just doing yeah. blackheads. Like he does all kinds of stuff. And yeah. you know, I'm and being it's like, a... and that's also like the cool thing about this podcast is like we don't we don't just cover stuff we keep. I can't tell you how many episodes we've done where I've been blind as a freaking bat and knew absolutely nothing about what we we're you know about to talk about. You know, and Anthony Pierleone and his, and his turtles. Vietnamese turtles, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. the black-breasted leaf yeah. turtles. Yeah. Still wouldn't mind yeah. if one of those. Those are cool. Every time I see his pictures, I'm like, ah, I want one. Yeah. But one of one of the notes I made for for this question were any training or courses to take to help with editing and recording and all that, because that's a very foreign language to some people, you know, like me. Um, so with that, I actually reached out to uh, Miss Dominique DeFalco, a very, D. <laughs> a very good um, friend of ours. The host um, of the Modern Medusa podcast. Yes, which you, which you should absolutely go listen to. Um, but I reached out to Pretty her because for a she's... Girl. <laughs> but I reached out to her because she's very smart. She puts a lot of time and effort into her podcast. Um, so I reached out to her and asked about that. You know, are there any courses? Is the or reason just... you asked her and not me because you know I don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I knew she. I knew if somebody I knew was going to know like of if something, there's tools it would that be exist. Dominated. I don't know what they are because I don't use them. Yeah, I mean. I mean, am I that's wrong? Another, no, I mean, that's another thing. I, I, <laughs> I pride figured you would have said no. Like, that, I've like, learned that all this myself. Since like, day one. Self-taught. Not even. Like, I ain't into editing this. Yeah, yeah, like, there's also that. <laughs> Hal Burke and Dom and all those, like, failing at one point. Like, sit through the episode you just did for three, four hours, especially Burke and NPR, and, like, go through yeah. and listen to it. And, like, I just had that conversation. Honestly... I don't want to have to go back through it and listen to it again. So yeah. the reason we don't edit this is purely out of laziness <laughs> because there's two things in this world. I hate one of them is editing videos and the other one is having to go back through and listen to an entire podcast yeah. and look for small, stupid and consequential things not that anything that Burke and them edit is inconsequential, but like I personally like to go through and be like, well, that pause was a half a second too long. I'm going to cut that out. Like, yeah, I ain't doing it, man. Yeah, it's I'm not. I just, I, you know, it's like somehow it's worked for us. I don't know how. I know a lot of people <laughs> are like, I could never just throw it out there like that. And it's like if there's a certain level of just not having not caring, you know, just yeah. kind of just got to like whatever it is, what it is. Like snakes and stogies last week, you know Phil wasn't around. It was wasn't the best. Nothing against the all the friends that joined us, but it's like we didn't really cover a whole lot. Didn't get into, into much as far as like information and things. And that's right. something I really do try to make happen with every episode of any show. Is like, did we at least get some information out there that people will find useful? Right. And there have been. They're not all going to be great. Not right. every episode is going to be. You know. Just an absolute banger where I feel yeah. like we fit we we finished recording and I'm like that was an awesome episode that was great. There's some of them that's like man like our one on ones in the past yeah. you know it's like why did we even bother Yeah, it is yeah. what it is. But uh, some people still seem to some like some people those, enjoy though. it. Whatever, it's, it's gonna be fine. out there. If you don't listen to the whole thing, I don't blame you. No big deal. 
but it's just one of those things where it's like just I put it out there. Whatever happens, happens. It's in God's hands yeah. at that point. <laughs> it's in Zark Zuckerberg's hands. Yeah. Well, you know, leading with that, of course, Ms. DeFalco came through. Um, she sent me a group. So this again for anybody who even wants to start a podcast, not even editing, but just looking to start. Um, she sent me a Facebook group called Podcast Movement uh, Community uh, Dash for Podcasters. Um, so Podcast Movement Community for Podcasters. If you want to check out that Facebook group, uh, go check that out. There's probably some helpful information in there. Um, she sent me a link to a YouTube video. Um, that one is labeled How to Edit a Podcast in Audacity. Audacity. Uh, yep. Is that audacity okay mm -hmm. that is look kind of weird uh but yeah how to edit which if how you're to using, edit a podcast and audacity so if you're using pc and you're doing a podcast audacity is free it's pretty easy to use i haven't used it in like 10 years i'm sure it looks a lot better than it did at that point but it's free yep uh, there's a youtube video on how to edit in that so if it's something you're looking into be a good video to check out and then she also sent me uh, another video. Um, this is from podcastinsights.com. And I believe that one sounds familiar. I don't know if it's a video. It might just be, I think it's just a link. Um, but yeah, it is. Um, this is the ultimate guide to starting a podcast uh, free forever. And again, this is podcastinsights.com. Um, so that's something that I could help you out. Check out the website and then they've got a, you know, link how to start a podcast. Um, if you're interested in any of these links, hit me up. I can send them to you, um, from Dominique. Everyone should texts. just message Dom. Flood or, her in. No, don't do that. She'll hate me for that. You can flood me and <laughs> I will can, send you. I will, for it. I will happily send you the links that she very graciously sent me. Um, so those are just a couple things. If you're interested in starting a podcast or, you know, you're, toying with the idea but you don't really know how or where to start or you're like me you don't know jack shit about editing um then yeah i think that's a great place to great place to start and you know check them out and yeah consistency always, is just yeah. getting them out there i know for a lot of people myself included at the start i mean we didn't really know what we were doing like it's scary to sort of put yourself out there it it's is intimidating like i know jake felt the same way when we were starting, you know, like putting yourself out there and like imposter syndrome, like that's a very real thing. Uh, yeah. It just gets easier over time. And I tell people that all the time. Like we have people that have never been on podcasts before and they're like, Oh man, I was nervous. I'm like, it's really not. It's yeah. just, I tell people that all the time. And I think for whatever reason, it's extremely, I think it helps people feel less nervous. It's like, it's just a conversation. Yeah. And that's how he put it into perspective for me. Or that's how you put it in perspective for me. It was we're like, just talking. Yeah. Cause that, and that, that would be my, you like, know, that would be my suggestion. You know, find somebody, find a co-host that you get along with, that you talk to regularly, that you know, you know, and you can have just regular conversation with, you know, it's, it, it makes it, it makes it easier. You know, the first several podcasts were just me and Justin literally talking like we talk every day, you know, so it's. You, just, when you put it into that and it's just a conversation, you're just talking to somebody like you would over Instagram. It's mm -hmm. just you're recording it. You know, there's there's no difference. Like the live thing, that also is another sort of like step above that that you kind of have to get used to and adapt to. Like that does 
also get easier. Um, like I know Jake, like the live thing for you, like previously was kind of like, ah, I don't really like the live thing, but like after doing it with Phil and stuff, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. And I'm, I've got an adjustment. It's an, it's another, it's another adjustment. This is probably the most comfortable I've been during a live stream, you know, like, and it's not like, and it's, you'll see me in the, in videos, man. Like I'm not good. Like it's just, I love how you just agreed with it. Like, yeah, you're terrible. No, No, if you you watch that collection video, dude, I was like, Oh my God. It gets like, easier I'm the more you do terrible. it because of the, the you know videos are the exact same way yeah for the longest God. time like once you i think if anything videos are on the same level as like recording podcasts not doing live because it's like you can screw up and you can like you can edit yeah you don't have to not edit you can't edit and i do edit videos because we say um a lot yeah. both of us all yeah. the time all the time uh oh uh, there it is right there <laughs> like knowing yeah. that i can redo like if i say something and i lose my train of thought i can stop and i'll do it in videos all the time i'm sure you've seen it like we'll re-record and i'll stop like a couple of seconds Take think about it yeah think about what i gotta say like i'll write stuff down that i want to cover like talking points just so i don't forget anything mostly but it's like you just you eventually you get comfortable doing it and just it gets easier so it's just one of those things again yeah. you just got to stick with it uh expect the first handful of of episodes whether it be video or podcast to be a little rough like they're gonna be ours were oh yeah like our first oh yeah i don't know first like what like 15 10 we're probably definitely were in like the first like handful for yeah. sure yeah. definitely because it was like one of those things where like we were still sort of feeling the whole thing out like you, you and we didn't even really know each other that well at that point either like we'd only been friends like a couple months mm-hmm. so it's just yeah. You, once you sort of find your routine and your groove of things, which we have, yeah. uh, you know, like my in terms of like all this stuff that's set up that you can't see, like it's all dialed in where I want it. I leave it there. I don't play with anything. I don't pack everything up at the end of the night. It all stays there and my settings stay exactly the same. And no one's hopefully no one touches them. It doesn't seem like anybody does, but I, it, who knows? Um, like I have my routine of how setting up taking everything apart, uploading everything, adding intros, outros, all that. Like once you get in the routine and you understand sort of the flow of things, it gets really easy. Yeah. It's a lot like playing music in that regard, especially co-host wise, you know, you sort of, you, you know what the other person's kind of going to do before they do it. And, <laughs> you know, you just kind of, you, you're around someone long enough, you know, their mannerisms, you know, how they, how they do things. That's you why know? I, that's like, why I asked Dom about the, exactly. <laughs> Uh, someone also asked how hard is it giving up multiple hours a week doing a podcast when you have family and life that is tough uh work schedule i think is is kind of what plays a major part in that my work schedule up until recently we weren't starting we wouldn't start recording until nine o'clock at night um and that's you know you're looking at two hours or so of recording and then i upload still so i wasn't going to bed until like midnight 1 a.m sometimes uh you just got to make time yeah you know like like you have to be dedicated you have to love it that's the thing like if you got a family you got other shit going on like me i can't i can't talk much like i got my snakes and a dog and my girlfriend you know before eh, it was a little harder we're not Mm -hmm. gonna we're not gonna get into all that but not gonna sugarcoat it yeah no before it was it was difficult 
everybody knows I left for a while. Yeah, that's beside the point. As of now, eh, I don't have a, a whole lot. lot. I don't have kids. I don't have all that. You know, like Justin can speak way more on that. You know, I, I get off earlier than he does. I don't have a wife or a child, you know, so. But that's I mean, that's that's just sort of understanding like. Yeah. Katie knows that this is a big part of of like what I do. It's a big um, part of your life. It's a big part of my life. It's, a, you know, it, it is a very large chunk of like the herpetocultural career of sorts. Having somebody that supports it is vital, vital. And I can tell you that from firsthand experience, having somebody that is behind you on this and what you do, because there is time that goes into it. There's nights that you're not around, you know, it's... and I'm not going to lie. Like before I got the new job and stuff, I had a wife that was that was really irritated with me that we were recording and that I wouldn't just bail. You know, there'd be some nights where she's like, man, just cancel. Let's do something. And I'm like me. I'm, I'm a scheduled person. If I got someone on the books and I've committed to something verbally, I'm you. Uh, I unless something like unless I'm on fire, <laughs> I'm probably not going to cancel that. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it has it has there have been strenuous periods, uh, especially like if we do like THP Thursday. Chondrocaster Cornstarch Friday, Snakes, Snakes and Stogies, Stogies Monday, Monday, like yeah. back to back to back, which it hasn't happened very often, but like it can, you gotta, it, there's a balance with everything. Um, it is so much easier now that the work schedule is yeah. much more normal. I was gonna say that, like, that oh my God. plays a huge part. Like, when I mean, you're not getting off at eight o'clock at night, like it's, yeah, because before it was like get off at eight, drive home fast, probably stop at the gas station on my way home, get a bang or something. Cause I'll need it and then get home, eat, you know, it's probably sitting in the microwave waiting for me by the yeah. time I get home. It's like eat real quick, set up, Jake shows up. We're good to go. Got my cigar, got my bang, set it all up. Yeah. Get it going. It's go. hard to so, do after a long day, man. Like shit. So like today, man, like today was so hot. I was outside all day yeah. and it's like, oh, sometimes yeah. you just don't want to do anything. You just want to sit in your house in the AC and, not do shit. So you and that's and it's you, hot you in got here it. right now. Yeah, it's hot as hot as balls in here. These fans are great, but my God, it's hot. But that's another thing. You gotta air. you gotta love it. You gotta be dedicated to it. You gotta have there's so many factors that make a successful duo, successful podcast, like just a chemistry. Yeah, there's chemistry. And then you just have to have the right, you know, home life. Anybody can do it. It's just you have to, you know. You have to be willing to put in the time. And, and again, like if you have, if you can't commit to a lot of time, that doesn't mean you can't do a just podcast. Make it, it goes, do it, when it goes, you can. yeah, it it's goes just, back to what we were talking about, you know, do it quarterly, do it once a month that you'll find a middle ground with your significant other. If you really want to do a podcast, but you can't commit to once a week because of family and every life. other week whatever yeah you know it's week. just a consistency it and sticking with it like i yeah. I'll, there's i don't even remember what the percentage is but there's so many podcasts that start and never get past like 10 episodes like there's a legit statistic for it i yeah. don't remember where it is or i don't remember where i saw it but a lot of podcasts don't make it past like 10 to 20 episodes yeah um and it's just because I think people like we're in the age of sort of the instant gratification, instant results. And like people don't see that. And so they kind of yeah. throw in the towel. But it's like one of those things where we were stoked when we had like 15 people listening. Oh, at first. man. It was like, yeah. oh, my God. 
Yeah, I was stoked when like we got our first comment. Like, hey, you guys are great. Like, really? Oh like, you think that? Thanks. Like, that, that's cool. Like, awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, lifetime we're at. And this isn't on all platforms, but this is on most of them. What's it currently at? Let me see. Load app. Three hundred and seventy-seven thousand four hundred and fourteen plays. Like, granted, that is the course over a lot of episodes, right? But every year, like looking at the graph, yeah, our like number of plays has literally doubled each year. So it's like it's crazy to think like we were stoked when we hit like a thousand. Yeah, it was like no way, and I mean that's still like we're not jaded to that anymore, but. no, it's not like we're over here stuck right. up. Like, but, oh, like, if we don't get a thousand like, players, just, it was trash. It's wild, like, because you see it yeah. grow, and then you see it sort of taking off, and that's how you kind of know you're doing something right. Because if you got people listening, like, clearly there's something interesting happening. Like, people are, you know, whether it's guests or topics, whatever, yeah. you know, it's just you just gotta. My advice would be to ignore the numbers, and I still say ignore the yeah, numbers because the numbers don't really like really matter. It's just cool to it's see. It's just a perk. It's a perk. That's all it is. You know, if, you know, I would, if there's, you know, like Bill Bradley always talks about it, you know, he would rather have that one guy that truly appreciates his podcast and is like, wow, you're doing amazing. Then, you know, or that one guy that means something to him, say you're doing a great job versus, you know, all the people in the world listening to the podcast, you know, as a, as a whole, you know, it's like, I'd rather make that impact than have like a billion Mm -hmm. views you know what i mean like i don't know and a lot of it too is is sort of the like the reasons why you're doing it kind of just like with breeding you know it's like if you're doing it just to make money you're probably not going to do great if you do it with the intention of like wanting to put more information out there and wanting to better the hobby and wanting to help people uh you know whether it's something snake related or not or just a distraction from like daily life and bullshit like if you do it with that intention and because you truly enjoy doing it like that's been my my philosophy since day one is like you do you you put out good stuff you do the right things everything else will follow like everything else will fall in place after that you know numbers whatever sponsors cool like you just got to start by by wanting to to help and and enjoy it put out good content not stress about it you know like just it's supposed to be fun it's yeah. cool i you know it, everything else is is icing on the cake so yeah pretty much well i think that is a good segue into the end of this episode um hit the two hour mark i don't think we've hit the two hour mark on a it's been a minute. On a one-on-one in a, one, in a minute, man. I have to announce real quick okay? because Pia has requested that I do so. Uh, the Reptile Preservation Party is happening before Daytona. Let me get the information right now because I am not prepared. Save the date. The Thursday before Daytona's Reptile Show, the Reptile Preservation Party will be both virtual and in person, so get your tickets before the event. We will have an amazing lineup of speakers and wonderful auction, a wonderful auction benefiting some incredible research and conservation of amazing species. Join us for a great time and great cause. Stay tuned for more details. Cool. RPP. 
Check them out. Reptile Preservation Party. <laughs> yeah. Still need to go down there and see the, the crocodilians now that they got yeah. them outside and stuff, man. Yeah, I really want to. Wanna... hang out with Derek. Yeah, I really Ah, oh, dude, I love Derek. I want to see his Ofries. I just want to see his stuff, man. He's Ofri-icus. got great stuff. Derek keeps Nerodia. Yeah, he's got Bairds and Subox, too. He's yeah. like... Nerodia is the, the last of the things that makes him cool. Eh. Oh, free. I guess are at the top of that list, though. Yeah. I'm so jealous of those things, man. Yep. So cool. Well, we hope to see a lot of people at Daytona. It'll, in I feel like it'll be here before we know it. Yeah, uh, dude, it's coming up, man. I realized the other day, I was like, man, it's the middle of June. It's July. Then it's August. I'm going to start getting some, some funds together. Yeah. Tell me about it. I really hope I get this promotion next month. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, get it. I hope so, man. I don't know. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a clusterfuck between me and my coworker, but it'll be what it is. They should just give you both a machete and say, Two men enters, one man leaves. Yeah. Fight to the death. I don't know. He's he's old but fit. I'm young and kind of chubby, so it might be a I don't know. Might be a pretty might be an battle. even match. Yeah. No, I'm but... gonna put my money on the other guy. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. I probably would too, to be honest. <laughs> he's kind of a he's kind of an animal for sixty. So, but anyways, this show was brought to you by BlackBoxCages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram. Check out Jake's video where we talk about all his black box stuff that he's got. Best of the count. Best. How many times we say butter? Butter. And that was. It was a lot. Post-editing. That was post-editing. <laughs> I cut out a lot of butters. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have him start from the top and say butter. I'm going to have him go to the bottom and say butter. Like, there that's, you go. That's I what think happened. they get the idea. It was all butter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to, maybe this weekend, I'll be able to film some stuff in my collection. Do you want me to come over and do any camera I'll holdings? Figure something out. I need, I need to get a light first. I I'll char- I can light. charge my little mini-me. One. I need to just get another one. I want to get yeah. another one of these. Yeah. I thought about getting like maybe two of them, one for your side and then one for like back here so that it like, I don't know. I'm just yeah. trying to be all cool like the YouTube people's man. <laughs> yeah. So you guys can see, yeah. feel what it's like when you're listening to the audio version of this. You can feel the the magenta light that is beaming off my moon face. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Steve Sanctuary, please check him out as well. Venom Hot Sauces. Jake was about to forget that. I didn't let him. I didn't. I was testing you. Steve Sanctuary, Facebook, Instagram, stevesanctuary.com. Get you some Venom Hot Sauce. It's hot. It's delicious. It'll make you sweat if the humidity and temperatures here in South Carolina don't already make you do that. Yeah. This will just just get all the toxins out of your body. Oh, yeah. Sweat it out it's like a fever. It's good for you. It is. Make you sweat like catching a real snake. That's right. Yeah, boy. It's almost like you got the, the coral snake in your hands. The heat. We don't recommend that. Yeah, that's don't do that. Don't pick up a coral snake, but but you, imagine you, you hold, hold yeah when you you're <laughs> when you're eating the hot sauce, just imagine you're eating a coral snake. That what your mouth feels is what well maybe not with a coral snake but with cottonmouth sauce <laughs> the burning you feel in your mouth is what you feel all under your, your skin all your facial <laughs> muscles will just paralyze with the cottonmouth sauce and eventually they'll just stop breathing at least yeah. with the crotalid stuff when you yeah. when you eat coral snake that'll sauce. that'll you'll feel the fire on that one oh yeah the coral snake one will just slowly yeah, shut you down you'll just die it's, it's great 
It's very pleasant. Yes. We'll be back. Uh, Phil, I'll tell you what. If Phil ain't back for Snakes and Stogies Monday, I am just going to have a fucking fit. Because I want to hear about Arizona. have a bitch fit. I want to hear about Arizona. And I miss Phil. Yep. He left me. Went to go hang out with Nipper. I don't blame Just because I don't have a cool British accent. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. And then Nipper didn't even have the decency to fly to the other side of the country and visit. What an asshole. He's actually. I think he was going to Pennsylvania after to hang out with Burke. What? Like they were already in Arizona together. And then he's like, hey, I'll just come hang out with you, Burke. So I guess us here in the Southeast can just go fuck ourselves. Yeah. Well, thank everybody for tuning in to the live stream. Thank you for anybody that is listening to this episode. You are amazing. We love you. You're the reason we do it. If there's anything else you want us to cover on a one-on-one, yeah. send it to us so I can write it down on our notepad Please. so we can continue to make them actually worth listening to. We always need more topics. We worked hard this week to come up with our own. So, Oh, geez. I miss Phil's beard, too. <laughs> Bye. From Nobody likes I'll have a beard. Joe Dirk beard. Joe Deerte. Yeah,